Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Hello and welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have Cultural Visa Everywhere, a program about culture in Taiwan and other countries, and a cultural music program for you on Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, March 4th. And in the studio, we have Jake Chen. Hello. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be talking about the top 10 ways to avoid getting COVID-19. Also, how some people are going COVID-19 crazy. An incident on a train, we'll be uh, describing that. Also, um, students are making temperature guns on their own. Also, People are debating if it's worth it to get a PhD. Those stories and more coming right up. All right. So, um, Paulo, we do have a crazy story about COVID-19 on a train, an incident on a train. Can you tell us about this? Right. Um, I was reading the, the newspaper the other day, and I found one story that is quite disturbing. That story was written by a famous um, writer. He talked about his experience taking the train to to Taipei, he said that while he was on the train, someone, you know, a woman pressed um, the emergency button behind his seat, and that woman, um, you know, asked the train conductor to come to the um, their carriage right away, saying that someone might fall ill. Uh, he doesn't look comfortable at all. Can you come and, you know, do something about it? So the writer said he. At that moment, he felt that the whole carriage, the whole train is filled with a sense of fear because of, you know, COVID-19 outbreak. And then um, so, but anyway, after two to three minutes, uh, the train conductor came and then unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I found it really quite shocking. The train conductor asked the man to get off the train right away, simply because, you know, he looks ill. He's afraid that he has COVID-19. Right, but you don't know. Right, he, and maybe his you, symptoms are not nothing related to COVID-19. Right, and I, I just, you know, can't believe that because as a train conductor, you can't tell, you know, people to get off the train. What if he has heart attack, uh, high blood pressure, or, you know, what if he is a diabetic? You know, some people, you, you can't just tell people to get off, you know, the train or get off the bus sim simply because they look ill. That's ridiculous. It's I can't believe that. And what shocked me the most is the writer, who is a famous writer. He said that he really thanked the, the other passengers for doing something that he thinks is a smart decision because he thinks the fellow passenger did something for the health, for the for the lives of the whole of the passengers on the train. I mean, the conductor said that. Right. There is so much wrong with this story, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure which is more wrong, the, the way they handled the matter or the writer's per perspective. Like, he's rather glad that this was handled, uh, if we can call it that, this way. Um, well, he, also, the writer's supporting this, or he's just bringing this he, to light? He's, he's I, I think, in a way, he sort of, you know, supported. He thinks really? that, you know, the woman did the right thing. Although he did write that, he hopes that everything is just a false alarm. But still, you can't ask people <sighs> to get off the train simply because they don't look good. That's right. right. I mean, even if he had COVID-19, you just could put on a mask, you know, or something. Yeah. But... 
people should be concerned about his health. You know, maybe he was in need of medical care right away or needed to call an ambulance, right, to pick him up at the next stop. I mean, he could be in a serious situation. Yeah. And, so, you know, what if he has a heart attack, you know, after he gets off the train? You know, right. going to, you know, to be responsible for that. Yeah, I do hope, now that a case has been written you know, and published, I do hope that there's action, uh, legal or not, that's taken uh, uh, against the train conductor because this is inappropriate on a number of levels. And I'm not sure if that's, not le- that's legal at all, right? The person is a paid passenger, right? He paid his fee to fare to get on the train. And he has no, there's no doctor who checked on him before he was thrown off. So... Yeah, it's. I don't. And think he's not a suspected case of COVID nineteen. There's so many illnesses out there. Right, and uh, <laughs> like Paula said earlier, if he doesn't look well, there's a number of things that could happen to him if he really isn't well. Right, diabetes right. or heart attack or, uh, you know, like if it looks pale, then it could be a shock in coming, and that could be a lot worse. So, yeah. <sighs> I think people resorted to being really rude or, or jumping to conclusions. You know, when someone's amid the uh, uh, yeah, whole thing. I mean. Right. I don't know if I've shared this before. I went to the skin a doctor clinic. Recently? Yeah, recently. And I didn't bring my mask. And so it's right near my home. I said, can I go home and I'll go home and get it. But can I first register my number? And I was about to step in the door. And then the lady yelled at me. You can't come in without a mask. <laughs> I mean, she yelled at me. I'm like. Across the whole oh, clinic. Okay, great. Okay, I get the picture. <laughs> and it's a skin clinic. It's mm-hmm. not like. Uh, ear, throat, and it's not a general. Purpose. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's not something related to COVID nineteen. So people are scared. I guess people That's, are. T- I mean, you would think that you know, even people in the medical field, they should know the difference between what is a threat mm-hmm. and what isn't a threat, right? Yeah. But even little things like that. I mean, I think it's a little bit off putting, but that's really serious. What happened on the train? Yeah. Um, you know, I think. Uh, this is probably a preview. We're going to have a, you said we're going to have a psychologist coming in to talk about sort of the, the stress mm-hmm. levels that people have. It'll be an interesting, I bet it will be an interesting conversation, you know, as, as for how people uh, resort to, like when they're really in fear and stressed out, you know, how they would act, which is really out of, out of terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the expert has to say about all That's this. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what happened to me once, it will, it's to my uh, has something to do with my neighbor. Uh, we took the elevator down into the first floor, and then there are other people. And then one neighbor told me that, "Did you see that woman? We, you know, we t- took the same elevator. I think he has. Um, she has a fever." I said, "I said, I well, I didn't notice that." Well, she and then she told me twice. Well, she has a fever. She has a fever. I'm going to tell the um, the security guard what? to disinfect our elevator. How do they know she has a fever? Uh, because I think she has, you know, that that kind of pad. Oh, like a, oh a cooling pad on, on right, the forehead. Cooling pad on his on her oh, forehead. Oh, okay. Right. So that's just you know that happened even bef- before Taiwan confirmed its first um, COVID nineteen R- case. Really? Right. Oh, wow. So people were really nervous. Some people got mad at me for not wearing a face mask. Like in the hallway, of the stairway of my apartment building. Jeez. Why aren't you wearing a face mask? <laughs> so, I mean, even the, the government said, if you're not sick, you don't have to, right? I mean, it's, right. it's a courtesy or, or a safeguard if you want to, especially in, in places that are crowded and enclosed. But... Yeah. It's not necessary, right? So, And I think this, this ongoing, this uh, really sort of exaggerated fear that's going, going out of control is, is probably points to a bigger issue. I could hear from both my walls, so from both my neighbors, news blasting 
all day long. And I'm talking about from the morning, from one neighbor oh, all the way wow. to 11.30 p.m. from another neighbor about this. Like, you, it's pretty loud. Uh, it, and you can hear just five different opinions blowing things out of proportion in five different ways mm. all day long, every day. And this definitely has an effect on people, how people think and react to the whole thing. When we look at the, forget about death rate, when you look at the, the rate of the possibility of infection, you know, here in Taiwan, it's next to zero, right? Like it's 40 people it's, out of 23 million. That's really, it's like one in half a million. Yeah, that has the, the literally. Disease. I mean, there's so many other things that could happen to you that are more high risk, like yeah. getting in a car accident. More people have died of the flu than this. Right, or right? dying of the flu. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, like statistically, it's nowhere near as scary as a flu. I'm not saying which one is better or worse, right? Mm -hmm. But the way sort of the media jumped on it all day long uh, really have a lot of people wound up tied in an unnecessary manner, I think. Yeah, I think we need to control our own... Uh, Narrative. Consumption of the media as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei, the people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. We might as well um, know how to avoid getting COVID-19 or probably other, you know, diseases as well. So uh, here's some tips for you. These came out in the paper recently. The top 10 tips for uh, preventing yourself from catching this virus. And I think it'll be helpful for the flu season as well. Um, be sure to have a carefully balanced work and rest schedule and diet. Avoid excess exertion to maintain your immune system. People prone to allergies should reduce exposure to possible allergens. And avoid touching the body's mucous membranes. Restrain from rubbing your nose and eyes. So those are included. Mm. Your mouth too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, wash your hands, uh, you know, the way you should. You should be like in there for like 20, 30 seconds washing your hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On uh, the topic of rubbing, uh, washing your hands. I think I saw it from a US CDC video that you got to rub the sort of where your fingernails connect with your hands on your palm of the other hand. So to make sure that the, the germs hiding in those areas are washed out as well. Oh, oh that's the way you do your fingernails. Okay. Yeah, like, How you do you do your fingernails? Rub your, yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. back of your hands and in between the fingers, you know, all sides of the fingers. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, a big thing is to avoid touching your face because your nose, eyes and mouth are where the virus could come in. So if you if you just touch the surface that has a virus and then you touch your eyes or nose or mouth, then it's easier to catch the virus. Mm. So these are two really big things to remember. Also try to avoid crowded places, avoid unnecessary travel abroad. Um, don't participate in unnecessary public gatherings. Avoid unnecessary visits to the hospital. If you must go, wear a tight-fitting mask and wash your hands a lot. If you start to experience symptoms, wear a face mask, even when you're at home. Try to keep a distance of at least two meters from family members and don't eat with them. Wow. <laughs> then we need a, a bigger apartment. Yeah, really. <laughs> and the last one is put on a mask when going out, even though you may not have any symptoms or others may not either. It's possible to transmit the disease so these are ways to be extra careful. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people are doing many of these things, right? Yeah, already.
on the subject of uh, COVID-19, there are some students who are um, getting creative here and resourceful. Tell us about this. Yeah, we're talking about a uh, high school uh, in uh, uh, Taichung City. So they are short of temperature guns. Now, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners already know that using temperature guns, so in a non-contact manner, to measure people's temperature is one of the many measures that a lot of companies and schools and universities across Taiwan do to everyone who enters uh, uh, the uh, perimeter, right, to make sure that people don't have a fever, which is one of the, the indicating uh, symptoms of COVID-19. So unfortunately, uh, in this high school in Taichung, they run out. Then there's nowhere to buy, you know, for a number of days. So a teacher from a number of departments uh, led their students to uh, 3D print the shell, and they outsourced sort of the, the electronic circuit boards, and then they made, uh, uh, they gathered different uh, uh, components, and they made their own temperature guns. It looks very makeshift, like you can see in one of the photos here. The components in some of the guns are exposed on the outside, but the teachers help the students test the guns, and it worked properly. They actually can display the temperatures uh, of the person uh, uh, at whom you point the gun to. So, yeah, pretty. They turn out they make a total of eleven, and all of them work. Oh, that's pretty great. Pretty yeah. resourceful as kids, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're talking about a bunch of 17-year-olds, you know. Oh, that's great. So uh, I guess there's a tiny, tiny silver lining of the whole thing. And, you know, these students at least, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they sort of uh, learn to, to really make the best out of what they have, right? Mm -hmm. They get components together and uh, make something that's functional. So, yeah, hopefully they take it, the experience forward. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a great boost of confidence for all those who are involved, you know, moving forward. That's great. Yeah. Well, we are resourceful people here in Taiwan. Taiwan is a place full of voices, viewpoints, and stories. Hear them all here on Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan, straight from the source. subject of not catching um, any viruses. Let's talk about what's going on with the flu. It is flu season. Right. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers, you might be uh, surprised at how flu uh, has been flowing under the radar because COVID-19 really just occupied all the headlines uh, in, in most media outlets. But uh, when you when you look at the flu numbers, it doesn't really look good because uh, I think for COVID-19, we so far have 42 cases and one death. Last week alone, 12 people died in Taiwan because of the flu. Last yeah. week? Oh. Yeah. Um, so do you know how many through the whole season? Is it like 60 or 70, something like that? But yes, it's a lot more deadly. I mean, a lot more people have it. So Right. I think uh -huh. so far, uh, an accumulated 46,000 people have uh, visited clinics for the flu, wow. which is a pretty large number. That is a lot. When you think about it. And a, a vast majority haven't of them have not uh, uh, received a flu shot. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe because this year's flu shot is not covered under the uh, uh, you know national health insurance. But it's only a thousand. I, I got the shot. It's only a thousand new Taiwan dollars or thirty five bucks. Do you US. get any side effects when you get the shot? Uh, I personally didn't. It's mm. a quick shot, and I was out uh, like literally in three minutes, and I was fine. So you're fine. Okay. Yeah, but they do ask you about you know the potential medical allergies that you could have. So um, I think it's important to tell the doctors of your medical history. Yeah. I know one of my. The son's got sick after getting a shot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago when he was younger. Okay. 
So I'm just wondering if that's common. I usually don't get the shot, which I probably should. Yeah. I mean, it's the best way to keep yourself from getting the flu, right? Definitely. We'll talk about the numbers. Uh, we have an accumulated 112 deaths so far. So Ooh, wow. yeah. Uh, so, you know, 40 some thousand cases and over 100 deaths. <gasps> so, you know, although this, like I said, doesn't get nearly as much press, it's important, you know, all those who are in Taiwan, you know, it doesn't matter if it's not covered, you know, get a shot and, and you know, as quickly as possible and, and just alleviate you from one of the major worries of this season. Yeah, right. that's a great reminder. Yeah. Okay, we're having a little debate online here about if a PhD is worth it. Yeah. Um, so in Taiwan, and I guess this is similar to most education education systems, it takes anywhere between three to seven years to get a PhD in different fields. That's such a long time. Yeah. Uh, and the National Development Council recently uh, accumulated feedbacks from uh, uh, PhD graduates from 17 different years and to get their opinions because a lot of them have graduated a long time ago and then they're all, uh, many of them are experts in their fields, you know, for obvious reasons. So in close to 5,000 uh, responses, roughly 38% think it's absolutely worth it to spend oh, the time and the the money not to mention the tuition to get a phd degree and a total of an average 75 percent. this is average both men and women think it's worth it mm-hmm. so you know half of those 75 percent believe it's absolutely worth it and 75 percent believe it's worth it and roughly 83 percent um uh, who have gotten phds from overseas universities uh, are satisfied with the time that they've invested so uh, pretty interesting figures uh, if you want to know of genders Sure. 78% of the female doctors think it's worth it, uh, which is four percentage points higher than the 74% of men. So, um, you know, I guess women get more uh, uh, job satisfaction out of men when they get a PhD. You know, that's an interesting fact to know. So, yeah. Um, Have you guys ever considered getting a PhD? I thought about getting a master's at some point, but not not these days. Probably not, not for me. Not for me. PhD. You need to really be interested in whatever you're studying, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> strong interest. I have friends, a lot of research and writing. Yeah, like all day long. I had friends uh, who was on his way to getting a PhD when he was merely 28 years of age. Oh, wow! And I, uh, you know, a really interesting occasion. I lived with him for three years in his apartments because I was moving out from to a different place, and it's. I saw his lifestyle, and I think, okay, that's not going to be for me anytime soon because he literally writes all day long and he has little like and he wanted to do it right because when you're a phd student you're mostly on your own schedule you know so you can, you, you got to want to live that lifestyle for many many years to, to be engaged in that uh, academic endeavor right i think you have to really be interested in that subject mm. i mean you, you got to immerse yourself in it right and yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> but it's good to know that people um, are glad that they did it right yeah those who did yeah all right so thanks for joining us for here in taiwan and do stay tuned for cultural visa everywhere and jade bells and bamboo pipes for here in taiwan i'm natalie so i'm jake chen and i'm paula chow we'll see ya
This is Radio Taiwan International. Cultural visa everywhere. I am Auntie RTI. There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world. Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world. Auntie RTI, please come quick. Test this. I waited for more than an hour to get this exquisite popcorn. What? There's such kind of popcorn? Definitely, this is what people called the most special popcorn on the planet. Uh huh. Let me try. Mmm, it's very delicious. Auntie, have you found that there is not only popcorn, but also almond, Hawaii beans, and caramel, a variety of flavors. Even the appearance is attractive. If you look at the popcorn sold in Taiwan, they are very yummy and cheap. When I was little, I often watched how the vendors were making them. Every time when the vendors said it's going to ban, we would cover our ears and found ourselves inside the smoke while enchanting. Fairy has come. Fairy has come. After that, the vendors would stir the maltos while cutting the enlarged rice into pieces. To make rice five to six times bigger, and use motos to stick them all together, is such a creative process. Again, there is a story behind this. Master, master, little monk, what's the hurry? Mice managed to steal all the rice in the sacks at our kitchen. Mice are smart. If we hide rice underneath something with the smell of its cover, it is possible mice cannot find the rice. Mm. Ah! If we put rice in a tube of bamboo and cover the lid, mice really won't find our rice. Great idea. There's fire! Are you alright? We're okay, but, but our rice, there is flow with the tubes of bamboo. Don't cry. Let us see. Hmm? Wow, the rice becomes so huge. It should be edible. Hmm, the rice is ripe and smells good. Do not waste any food. Ask the others to melt maltos in water by boiling them together. Then put the rice inside. Hmm. Yes, sir. Oh, so here the popcorn is literally called to explode rice and make it delicious. It's such a cuisine under accident, you see. The section of bamboo would not bear with the internal pressure when outside temperature is too high, resulting in an explosion. The rice encounters the air and becomes fluffy and crispy. Mm, what about the Western popcorn? 
Oh, in the American Indians legend, inside every corn lived a tiny fairy. When the corn is heated, the fairy jumps outside angrily, and the corn becomes a small flower. With some salt, it becomes salty. With some sugar, it becomes sweet. During festivities, tribal people consume the popcorn. Kids would link them all together and wear it so that they can eat it all the time. Wow, it's so interesting. They、mm-hmm. all burst under high temperature and become new delicious products. Hmm, indeed. With the change of time, popcorns made by rice from here is more and more special. Often, such popcorn is mingled with peanut, cranberry, black beans, sweet potato, or even coffee. Oh, the ingredients look healthy. Of course, when we watch a movie or a ball game, let us have a bit nutritious Taiwanese popcorn. Was cultural visa everywhere by RTI. Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and on today's show, we're listening to Dizhi music performed by a famous Chinese bamboo flutist, Yu Xunfa. And the first piece that we'll be playing for you today is Flying Partridge. That's an original piece from Hunan, and the music expresses people's wish for freedom and happiness. Thank、you 
Flying Partridge performed by Yi Xunfa and arranged by Sun Yude, and the music is orchestrated by Zhou Chenglong, another famous musician. And coming up, let's hear Journey to Suzhou. Journey to Suzhou is composed on the basis of the tunes of Kunqi Opera, one of the oldest forms of Chinese regional opera.
journey to Suzhou, and this music inspires people's rich imagination. The tranquil introduction is a picture of the dim shapes of mansions and pavilions in the morning mist. The lyrical andante makes the audience you feel as if you were wandering in a secluded fine garden in Suzhou, enjoying its marvelous beauty. The middle part is a contrasting, enthusiastic allegretto section, which displays the joy of visitors at Eastern Garden. The recap of the music of the first part is even more beautiful. It seems that people are so bewitched by the beautiful scenery that they have forgotten to go home. And next is a short piece of music that we'll be playing for you. This is "Morning in the Miao Mountains." This piece is a composition by Bai Chengren. Who in 1974 composed the piece especially for the mouth flute, an invention by the player Yu Xunfa, who is the flute virtuoso. This piece actually is the first one written for this instrument. Later, the piece was arranged for the violin, and the arrangement made the piece popular in China and abroad. Thank、you 
This is Radio Taiwan International. And again, you're listening to Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and today we feature DJ music performed by Yi Xunfa, a famous Chinese bamboo flutist who was born in Shanghai in 1946, and he passed away in 2006. He made his debut at the age of 12, which resulted in his being accepted as a student by Lu Chunting, a very well-known bamboo flute master. He rose to fame by performing Happy Song and Bulletin of Glad Tidings, and later he studied with another master, Zhao Shongting. And now let's listen to the music that he rose to fame by performing Happy Song.
Happy Song, one of the two pieces that made Yi Xinfa famous. And Happy Song is actually one of the eight masterpieces of Jiangnan Sizhu, a genre of folk orchestral ensemble mainly popular in Jiangsu, Shanghai, and Zhejiang in China. This is Happy Song from Inner Mongolia. And with this piece of music, we'll also wrap up this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or better yet, you can write an email. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. Once again, thank you for your company. I'm Carlson Wong, and I'll see you next springtime. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. 
Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.